T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Man, this has been... Some of the most passionate discussion we've had here on this show, man. I'm trying to figure out, and I almost want to scrap the entire rest of the show because I think we really need to take one day to just get our stuff in order, so to speak. What is up with this affinity that this fan base has with Taylor Heineke? I I really don't get it. I don't, and I appreciate you all continuing to call in. Phone lines locked and loaded right now, so if you're calling Getting the busy signals because we got all late lines full right now. 301-230-0980 is the number. The question is simple. We'll go rapid fire here. We got Grant Paulson coming up on the other side of this break. What have you learned? What did you learn in the commander's 20 to 17 loss at the hands of the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday? Let's go to Lazarus from Maryland. What's going on, Lazarus? Hey, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. First time caller. Listen to y'all. So what I learned is that no matter what happens with the commanders, it's just always going to be some boneheaded plays that cost us some type of, you know, validity. Like us yeah. almost being on a four-game winning streak and for the guy to hop over the guy on the uh, the last play with the field goal is just – I just think it's ridiculous. Now, let me just say something about Heineke really quick. Like uh-huh. I don't think that he's a starter either. But – you have to give him the credit for the way he has energized the team. You know, the way he's just come in and, you know, just they just seem to love him and gravitate to him. And I think that's what the big issue is with people and how they defend Heineke because you can – it was like – Fomont has got you, Laz. Appreciate the call, man. Ryan and Frederick, what would you learn from Sunday's loss to Minnesota? Hey, man, I just want to say – we Heineke completed one pass over 20 yards. Come on. Uh, That's, and that you. was, you know, he's literally throwing the ball with his eyes closed. I don't know how you think you can have an offense uh, in 2022 with a guy like that. Um, yeah. That's it. Hey, look, I, I, I appreciate the call, my man. Pick in Texas, what'd you learn in the loss Sunday to Minnesota? I learned that our fans is looking to grab onto anything positive, man. Oh, I love that. That's, that's why. I, that's why people love Taylor Heineke, man. It's because the kids smile. He enjoys playing the game. He plays every play like it's his last. With that being said, man, he's not a starting quarterback. He's a backup for a reason. But what I did learn about this Sunday versus the Vikings is John, uh, John Allen, De'Ron Payne, Montez Sweat, they're going to be a problem for the rest of the league. Yep. Hopefully we can find a way to keep De'Ron Payne. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Pick. Appreciate the call, man. He hits it right on the head, man. Pick always does. A stoop caller never calls in and says anything ludicrous, right? 
John Allen and Deron Payne, I don't know the last time Washington's had two all-pro players on one roster, but I think right now you can clearly make the case for Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Let's go to John in Oklahoma once tapping. What's going on, John? What did you learn from Sunday's loss against Minnesota? What I learned, I learned it. The people have been thinking Heineke's a starting quarterback, been drinking Kool-Aid too long, man. That's well, <laughs> what I think. Hey. hey, listen, they can call all the right plays for him if they ever started to turn and all that, but, you know, in Polly's defense, he's still not a starting quarterback right. in no league as far as I'm concerned. But, man, you know, they keep putting that kind of stuff on the field and people have just been, you know, punch drunk, man, over stuff like that. You know, we're just grasping at straws. When he drops back and throws the ball and, and your ass puckers up every time, that tells you he ain't the quarterback, starting quarterback. Because you don't know where it's going to go. Exactly. Like, oh, takes your breath out of the stadium and it's like, oh. But, yeah, if he don't, if the referee don't get in the way, uh, I mean, that's an interception. That, that, that safety's got that ball. He's fixing to pick it off. It ain't going to be a touchdown. I mean, come on, man. Hey, I, pr- I mean, I'm ready to get the guy in there. I'm ready to put the back the other the, uh, you know, I forget his name. How? I'm, sorry, I'm ready to go to Sam Howell as well. Yeah, I, I appreciate the call, John. I mean, we'll, we'll get deeper into the quarterback discussion after Grant Paulson hops off with us because I, I think it's time. I think you guys are ready to have this discussion, and it's going to be passionate. It's going to be intense, and we're probably going to disagree here a little bit. We're family here on the Burgundy and Gold today, man. We're allowed to disagree. I love it. I appreciate y'all calling in with the passion and energy that you do every day. But, man, at some point, we got to be realistic about the product that's on the field. We got to take a quick timeout when we come back. I promise you, you already know how we do it here on BNG today. Star-studded guests only, A-listers only here on the program. Grant Paulson, co-host of Grant and Danny, the afternoon drive show on our sister station, 106.7 The Fan, is set to join us. Got a laundry list of questions for GP. Don't go anywhere. This is T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 980. It's the Burgundy and Gold today here on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. I told you we only got A-listers. 
here on the Burgundy and Gold today. We 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 advertised expert analysis in some of the biggest names in Burgundy and Gold history. Well, the latter is not true, but this is expert analysis. Our good friend Grant Paulson set to join us right now. He is the co-host of Grant and Dandy, the afternoon drive show on our sister station, 106.7 The Fan. GP, welcome. The Burgundy and Gold. We got to have you sign something. Now what's what we up? do here. So you're the youngest in charge movement. Wow. I got Grant Paulson. Can we clip that off? He there, said it. There was a time when your boy was the youngest. I was never in charge. But, you know, I'm getting older now. Here's how old I am. Not only are you a lot younger than me in doing this, but more importantly, Linnell, I'm old enough that a coach got fired whose career I watched mm-hmm. and is being replaced by another guy whose <laughs> career I watched. Yeah. Like a few years ago, it started being weird to me when coaches were getting hired, like Steve Nash, whose jerseys I had or Crazy. who I watched play ball. And I'm like, man, I'm old. Now, this is today's the first day. <laughs> I'm old enough that dudes are getting blown out whose careers I watched, replaced by younger people whose careers I watched. It just it's just been a whirlwind, man. It's crazy. I'm glad you you gave us some time, man. Great day to get ready to start at two o'clock. Listen to us first before you switch it over to them. Um look, GP, that we've had passionate discussion all show long here. The the premise that I that I opened up with here is what did you learn? Sunday in Washington's loss to the Minnesota Vikings. I'll start off with that question for you. What did you learn? This defense is legitimately good. And I've thought this defense was pretty good, but there's always kind of been, if you want to say an asterisk, or right. you know, there's some type of, well, but right. with this defense. The Packers were broken, right? And you, you can go through each game and you could say, oh, well, this the Bears hadn't clicked yet and Justin Fields wasn't throwing the ball. There were no buts here. No, not at all. (laughs) The Vikings have Justin Jefferson, who's a dude. Uh, The kids would say he's him. He is him. He's a baller. I don't even know what he's him means. I just know that guy's a badass. (laughs) He's him. So that's what I say. He's a badass. Right. Uh, Dalvin Cook's excellent. Adam Thielen's lost a step but catches every ball that's thrown to him. Cousins, whatever people think of him, is is a top half of the league, top 10, 12 quarterback in football for many, many years. The O-line is not great. And, by the way, got manhandled by Allen and Payne. And that's the one area where they were a little bit susceptible. But the Vikings offense, top five in scoring, week in, week out, they do enough to win. And so I really wanted to see, okay, you got no Cole Holcomb. Right. His backup, David Mayo. Out. Jamin Davis, I need you to be big. I thought he played his best game of his career, legitimately. Coming downhill, four pressures, batted two passes. A lot of good things. He looks like an NFL linebacker. Finally, right? <laughs> this is exciting. I'm happy about that. Uh how about Benjamin St. Juice? We had him on the show yesterday. By the way, it was a terrific interview. That guy's awesome. Yeah, I've definitely. never talked to him. Have you? No. No, actually, I got the chance to talk to him out at camp. He's got a little bit of an accent because he's he a does. French guy. Caught me off guard a little bit. Really sharp kid. Yes. Uh, you can podcast it at thefandc.com. But he came on with us, and we had him on for almost 20 minutes. Basically, they went to him first thing last week, and they said, hey, you're traveling with Justin Jefferson. Can, can, we, can we just speak to the trust? that this coaching staff has in him to ask him to do that in Incredible. only his second year. He's switched positions multiple times already in this year. They started him off as a slot corner. They moved him back to outside corner, which we both agree is his natural position. To have a trust in, in, in a second-year guy to go follow and shadow one of the best wideouts in football, it says a hell of a lot about BSJ. It absolutely does. I think he's going to be a star. I mean, he's got a chance to be a stud. And in the end, Jefferson's numbers, he went seven catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. But you look at back shoulder fade on the sideline. Perfect position. Even the touchdown on the opening drive. St. Juice right where you want him to be. I mean, they got him once on that slot fade ball in the second half. It happens. It's Justin Jefferson. That's going to happen, and it was a dime, and, and he got beat. So, 
you live to fight the next day. Right. I mean, remember, he got a pick six in the game. Right. That was called, called back. back. We all, yeah. Um, but he played really physical. He used his length. So I was really excited about him. So long story short, what did I learn? I learned that he's on his way. I learned that Jamin Davis is making major strides. I think that uh, they were right, and I was wrong about linebacker, where I wanted them to go do more. And based on how they use their secondary and how little they use linebackers, it seems like they can get by even against good offenses. Although I will say I thought they got chewed up in the middle of the field by Hawkinson. Yeah, would, that would have been nice to have an answer yeah. there. That, that was tough. Um, I was surprised that his usage for a guy that just got acquired on Tuesday, I believe the story that they told on the Fox broadcast, 10 o'clock at night, they throw him in a hotel and they're, they're, they're getting the playbook in his head. But the, the big thing that I learned, Grant, and defensively, obviously we know this group is legit now. As you mentioned, there were a lot of asterisks next to the, the, the past couple of performances here over the last month or so. I'll tell you real quick, someone with the Vikings mm-hmm. who, who is involved in, in coaching and doing things over there, I'll just mm-hmm. say, okay, said that John Allen's one of the best players that they have faced all season. I mean, like full stop. Yeah. John Allen is having a hell of a year. All pro. Yes. All pro. Not, not, even, not even close, man. Yes. So I want to flip things over to the offensive side of the football because as much as I learned defensively, I also learned some things offensively. And I don't even want to use the word learned. I'll say I confirmed some things offensively. It felt like Taylor Heineke tried to single-handedly, for the second time in three weeks, throw them out of the football game. The, the first time being against Green Bay where he ends up riding the ship and making a couple big throws at the end of the football game. From your vantage point, are the problems that Washington have right now offensively, are they fixable in the year in, in this season? Or do you think they need, they need an entire offseason and a free agent class and another draft class to fix these problems? It's a good question. They can be a lot better than they are this year. Well, that's not saying there's much, no well, well, clearly, but there's no doubt in my mind they can be a very solid offense this year. We saw it at the start of the season. I know it was in a very yeah. limited capacity in terms of weeks, but if you go back to the Jacksonville game, it's 300 passing yards and four touchdowns. I mean, it's, right? It's, it's everything you want. Exactly. Like. So we have seen stretches where they have done that. The Detroit game in week two. Right. And I know people will say, oh, it was the Lions defense. The second half of that game, they played at a pace where you can hang a 40-burger on people. Right. And, and, and you're going out and you're slinging it around. I think getting Jahan Dotson back whenever that happens yeah. is going to be massive. Because where they are at their best is in 11 personnel spreading teams out with those three guys exactly. getting matchups. McLaurin. Dotson, Samuel, and then you mix and match with running backs on linebackers. You get them running some of those Texas routes in the middle of the field, choice stuff. That, to me, is when this offense will be at its best. So they're going to need Dotson back for that. The problem is the ceiling of whatever you're capable of (laughs) is, is nowhere near what it should be based on quarterback play. And it wasn't a whole lot better with Wentz. No. You can make the case it was actually very comparable with Wentz. You know, I've said this since they went to Heineke after the injury. Carson can do things from a passing standpoint that clearly Taylor Heineke cannot. Everybody knows that. Heineke does things from a mobility, play extension, Mm -hmm. creativity, sack-avoiding standpoint that Wentz can't. So they have to make up their mind as to what they want. Do they want to be able to, to make chunk plays down the field and drop balls into buckets to De'Ami Brown for 75-yard touchdowns every couple of weeks? Or do they want fewer sacks and maybe stand on the field for, for longer drives on some third-down scrambles? That's what they have to decide. So you're saying they can't just put them both together and make them one super quarterback? That's not possible? What's funny about that is <laughs> I really believe, I mean, if you combine the no, two, <laughs> you'd have a legitimate NFL starter. He'd be a dude, man. Look, I, I want to push back on something you said about the offensive success early on in the year because I felt this, but I was 
wasn't confident in it all the way. It felt like when Car- during the six games of Carson Wentz being the starter, even in their highest yardage output totals, Tennessee, for example, Detroit, Jacksonville, it was almost like it's feast or famine. If they're not hitting you for these 75-yard touchdowns, they were struggling to get first downs and sustain drives. So the question I now ask you, obviously Taylor Heineke is probably going to get the start uh, Monday night against Philadelphia. When Wentz is healthy, how easy is the decision for you? Are you going back to Carson, or do you rock out with Taylor? So for me, I let's just say I'm running the show right now. No, you are running okay, the show for right now. Let's go. <laughs> If I'm running, and when I say the show, I mean their offense, right? Their meeting rooms. I am at this moment, uh, I get called into Ron's office, and he says, what are we doing at quarterback? And I say, right now, it's to be determined. We got two games to figure that out. I want to see what Taylor does. I mean, yeah. if if Heineke plays a exceptional game and you lose to the Eagles, you can put a check in his column, Yeah. right? If You have the Texans after that. I'm sorry, but there's no excuse not to beat them. There's just not. Not at all. They aren't good, and their defense you can run on. So you should be able to have play action. You should be able to make some explosive plays down the field off that. So after those two weeks, I will know for sure definitively what I'm going to do. If the decision had to be made today this second, let's Mm -hmm. say Wentz is back. I need a starter for Monday night in Philly. Wentz is back on the field. Really? That's yeah. a shocker. For me. That's a shocker. Uh, I gave up too much. It, it's it's solely based on what I gave up. And, and I know most people don't care about that. I care so much about it. Yeah. If they had a quiet, like, let's just say he was signed like Trubisky mm-hmm. after he was cut and it's $9 million against the cap or whatever, I can kick him to the side and never think about it again. I bought a go-kart with the first money I ever spent in my life. I was doing some stuff as a kid, a um, little TV and stuff, and, and I was making money, and my parents were putting into this account for me, and I never spent any of it. And I went to my dad. It's a true story. I said, Dad, I want a go-kart. And he's like, you're never going to use it. We don't have enough yard for it. Right. We don't live in a place that's conducive to go-karts. I'm like, I want a go-kart. He's like, it's your money. Do whatever you want with it. So I bought the go-kart. My dad made me, like on random weekends, I just wanted to sit and watch TV. He's like, you got to go ride your go-kart. Just because like, you bought it, right? Just because I bought the thing. Right. He's like, it was 1200 bucks. you right. idiot. You should have never spent that money, and you better use it. They gave up so much, I can't start Heineke over Wentz. Now, there is an X factor here, which is to say, we have a couple more weeks. Right. If they lose twice, and they are 4-7, and seven, now this is me running the show. Mm-hmm. They won't do this. Me? Mm-hmm. Please say it. Say it, Grant. It's Sam Halton. Oh, that's what I've been waiting for. I mean, it, I I know what Taylor Heineke is. I know what Carson Wentz is. It's almost like you're a smart football guy, Grant. It's amazing. I think Sam Howell's not going to be particularly good because he was drafted where he was drafted. The rest of the season, when you fall out of the race, should be about development. This is the problem that they have, though, Grant. The NFC is so bad. I don't even want to say bad. So competitive, to put it nicely. That man, you might not be out of contention until late December, the way it's going. So that's the problem, but this is where you got to be. This is why you get paid a lot gotta of make, money. Got to make big board decisions. This is where you got to be a grown up, right? I always say, I can put on a black shirt and in the right lighting, looking at the right mirror, <laughs> I'm like, you know, McDonald's one more time is not going to kill, kill me. kill me, right? You know? I'm not going to kill over after one more quarter pounder. I am obese and I need to make <laughs> major changes. And it's just a matter of, am I going to tell myself that or not? Every team can talk themselves into, unless you're you're one of the worst teams in the NFL. There's like three or four teams that suck. Everyone else can say, you know what? We're two games back. 
We a couple things go our way. We win that big game in the division. We leapfrog that team. It's a crazy thing about this league. That's where having a GM who's also a head coach is the detriment. <laughs> because you have a conflict of interest. Exactly. Ron, I've, I've always said this. It always felt like Ron the GM is going to end up getting Ron the head coach fired. And I'm never one to call for people's job. But I don't know if I'm sicing it, as I would say, if I'm jazzing it, so to speak. It would be organizational malpractice for this team to not get a month's worth of starts out of Sam Howell before this season is over. You have to – you know what you have in Carson Wentz. I had Sam Fortier on last night on overtime. He made an excellent point. So technically, what we saw in the first six weeks with Carson Wentz, it was supposed to be bad. This was the first six weeks in a new offense. Yeah. Scott Turner had Carson Wentz at his worst. You assume that him sitting and playing behind Taylor Heineke, who's well-versed in this offense, it's the only scheme he's ran in his entire career, you assume – which is a crazy thing to assume, in my opinion. You assume that Carson Wentz is going to be better when you reinsert him into the lineup. I just think, man, at some point, though, you know what he is. There was a reason he was available. It's his third team in three years. So I think the debate that everyone gets kind of trapped into is Heineke or Wentz. And, you know, the fact is the answer neither. moving forward <laughs> is neither of them, right. right? So over 17 games, how different is the production from Wentz to Heineke? I think from yards and touchdowns, it's sizable. I really right. do. I think there's more sacks. Are you a better team? I'm not sure because you play this let's win 17-15 style that I think Heineke can execute better than Wentz can. Exactly. You, you might be the same record. You know, you might even be a hair better. I don't know. I know that your offense and your ability to throw the ball will improve with Carson Wentz if, if that's significant to you. Um, but I say that to say that at the end of this season, you're in the quarterback market again very likely. Unless you're just going to roll with Wentz to justify the move you made, oh, which I think would be ridiculous. Is it out of the realm of possibility? No, because, especially oh, if he comes back, because I do think they'll play him again because of what they gave up, and if he plays okay. Like, I believe the, the Bears game, the last taste we had of him. Oh, Lord. Everyone remembers the Bears game as this disaster, and it was. It was a joke. Mm. <laughs> he had a broken finger, right? right? So you go back, and what was the worst he was before that? It was that abomination against Philly mm-hmm. where he was John Beck 2.0. Every time off. he dropped back, he was getting sacked, right. yeah? Like, that's the worst version of him. You'll get some good versions of him if he plays again, and you could talk yourself into that, like the Colts did, like Ron did this offseason. It's crazy talk, though, right? Like, I agree. But is, but is this the world and the reality that we're in? Like, Do we just have to say, F it, like this is who this team is? The decision makers, I just think it's crazy. You've had three offseasons to address the game's most important position. But they've only really had one op to do it where they were set up, like sitting at the table and it was time to eat. And it was when they were picking second overall, and and at the time, yeah. and this is where I don't I don't crush them for this. I don't either. I wasn't screaming Herbert. I wasn't, I wasn't. screaming Tua. I'm still not sold on Tua. Uh, he underthrows a lot of open receivers, but he's having a hell of a year. He's number one graded quarterback via PFF. But Herbert's the real deal. In hindsight, now that it becomes wisdom, I can sit here in a chair as a fat guy and say they should have taken Herbert. Right. It's easy for me to do. But the the problem with this team, and the problem really for almost 30 years, has been that they're almost never bad enough to, to get better. Like that's people, a, that's a hell of a way to put it. <laughs> people don't like the idea. They say, oh, you can't tank or you can't lose or every win. The whole point is to win. The teams that are really good prioritized being awful as a means to an end, and they're good again. Like exactly. the Eagles lost on purpose to Washington a couple years ago. Literally told you they lost on purpose like that, by the move that they Jaylen made. Jalen Hurts was going to beat Washington, and they go, oh, God, he's going to beat him. And they put in Nate Sudfeld. Exactly. 
so that they could improve their draft stock and do what they had to do. And now they're undefeated because they made a lot of decisions like that. Here, we just keep spinning on this hamster wheel of going, well, if we win one more, you know, maybe maybe we'll be alive in December, you see. It's just, and it, it, that is not how you get better. It's The worst thing you can be in sports is average. The best thing you can be is great. The second best thing you can be is terrible because you're closer to being good than if you're just perpetually average. It's like the all those years where the Atlanta Hawks yeah, were the eighth right. seed in the East and everyone knew they weren't going anywhere. Exactly. You know how many teams were terrible and just cleared up cap space and then went and got all the superstars for they how all you do it. They were behind them and then they flew past them with the NOS button. And the Hawks were just still jogging along, you know. going, Oh wow, that's cool. We've got Kit Bazemore. <laughs> it's not it's just not a thing. So when you take all that into into account, into consideration, what do you ultimately think end up happening for the remainder of this season? Do you think that they're good enough? Do you think that Scott Turner can fix what's going on offensively enough to where they could be in a dogfight for the final playoff spot in the NFC come late December? I think they will be in a battle if they want to be for a playoff spot with three weeks to go because of their schedule. Yeah. Less because of them. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I actually picked them to go 9-8. and It sounds... And I didn't think they were going to be good. I just looked at their schedule and said they play bad teams. They do. Look at this. After the Eagles game, which I think they'll lose, they play the Texans, they should win. They play the Falcons, they should win. They play the Giants twice, they should split. That's a three and one stretch. I got you to seven wins now. Then you play the 49ers, I'll say you lose. The Browns, extremely winnable, that's eight. Now you beat Dallas, you're nine and eight. That could be in the tiebreaker mix. Just, and the Cowboys might be sitting starters. So they're going to win eight or nine games. It's just, they're going to pick 18th or whatever. And we'll be having the same conversations this offseason. Get me out of this matrix. It feels like I'm literally living in some type of time machine, man, that never moves forward. It's so frustrating. And the whole thing about it is, like, you're of the belief, right, that because of the ownership situation, there's nothing that could happen to where Ron Rivera's not here next year, right? I think it would be very unlikely based on – if Dan Snyder's not selling, Mm -hmm. just hypothetically, which it looks like he is – he could fire Ron Rivera and start over. I think if they are selling the team, it's really hard to move on. Exactly. Unless the new owner, let's just say Bezos uh, and his team, decide they don't want Rivera and they basically tell uh, Dan, here's what to do. We're, We're okay. running the team already. But, yeah, I would say if they're changing ownership this offseason, Rivera stays, a la Carolina, when Tepper came in. Do you see this crazy scenario? I don't know if I threw it out to you off air. Frank Reich's available to be an offensive coordinator for this group next year. I don't know if they would even consider bringing him in before season's end as a consultant of some sort. Wouldn't make sense now. But like what you said, though, they've got a – I guess it's a whole different scheme, so I guess it doesn't make sense. But like you said, I do agree with you. You do have to give Carson Wentz one more crack at it. I understand we know what he is, but it's only for the reason that you said, I gave up too much. Well, I'll tell you this, and I have not thought about this until you just said that. Mm-hmm. If they want to keep Carson Wentz, if they decide that's what they're doing – then Frank Reich will be their offensive coordinator. 100%. I mean, that, that's a thing. I, I think he, he he's going to get interviews for a head job. I think he was 10 over 500 or yeah, something. Yeah, overall He did some okay things in, in Indianapolis, and they kind of got screwed over by the quarterback situation. And he was a part of some of the bad decision-making there. Uh, but he'd be a great OC. There's, there's no doubt for somebody. Ron's a very loyal guy. Is he moving on from Scott, who's his hand-picked dude? I'm not sure. I doubt it.
Grant, I appreciate you giving us some time, man. What you guys got on the docket for today? My pleasure. We got Nick Dowd of the Washington Capitals at 440. He's always terrific. If you guys haven't heard him, he is a great interview. We're going to catch up with Logan Paulson, talk ah. about some of this offensive scheme and some of the issues they're having as well. Uh, we got a quarterback approval rating we're My doing where people segment. tell us what they think of uh, Taylor Heineke. That should be interesting. <laughs> and I got to play, a, is it weird? Danny and I play this game called mm-hmm. Is It Weird, where we talk about a questionable behavior. Mm-hmm. I put on some deodorant in the press box. Didn't think much of it. But all these people around me thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. So we're going to figure out if that was weird or not. I think it just shows that, and I I can relate to this as a bigger man, we got to focus a little extra on our hygiene. And there's nothing wrong with deodorizing in the press box. I will tell you, I had deodorant on. It wasn't a smell issue. Also, it's even better. It it, it was almost like a a tick. I was was like sitting there talking to someone, Mm -hmm. a buddy of mine, who was like five feet away. And I was like digging through my bag, pulling out my laptop, and I saw a stick of deodorant. He was like, oh. and I just kind of put it on. I didn't pull my shirt up over right, my right. gut. I went through the button. It was nothing professional. Burger. And everyone's like, Did you just put deodorant on? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. What brand of deodorant was it? Last question. Uh, I do Old Spice. Mm. Yeah, a little Fiji. It's like the red top, white white tube. Yeah, very good. I'm a yeah. I'm an Arm and Hammer man myself. I like the aluminum. You know, you notice with these non-aluminum deodorants, Grant. You don't stain your white T-shirts because there's no aluminum in it. Very important. Very important. Grant, I appreciate you giving us some time, my man. This is uh, this is good. We should do this more. Absolutely. Anytime you want. Appreciate you, bro. It's Grant Paulson, the co-host of Grant and Danny. We've got to take a quick time out. When we come back, it's the moment you all have probably been waiting for all show long here. What should the commanders do at the quarterback position moving forward for the remainder of this season? I'll tell you exactly what I think next. Always, always good talking ball with him. It's amazing because Grant, obviously somebody I look up to in this thing, man, starting at, at, at a young age. We've got a lot, of, a lot of similarities between the two of us. But I just agree with the way in the that he thinks about ball, really. And Grant is a lone wolf. Because I remember, this is actually back when I was just a fan of the station, not working here. Y'all remember when... The whole RG3 versus Kirk Cousins debate was going on. Grant Paulson was team Cousins all day long, and he got dragged for it. He literally got dragged for it. So, a strong-minded guy, believes what he says, speaks with conviction. It's almost similar to a lot of you fans out there. When you talk about your beloved Taylor Heineke, and I, I hope Sabah, our good friend from North Carolina, is listening. Right now, right now, the question, pretty simple to me. The answer to the question, pretty simple to me. What should the commanders do at the quarterback position moving forward for the rest of this season? I'll answer that for you. But first, first, it's a weekly staple that we do here on the Burgundy and Gold today. My Super Six Pack It's where I give you my top six teams across the National Football League. Coming up at 2 o'clock, Doug Ferraro will join us from USA Today's Touchdown Wire. He's somebody who was very high on the play in performance of quarterback Sam Howell coming out of the draft. We'll talk to him at 2 o'clock. Right now, though, you ready, Eminem? 
Nell's Super Six Pack. Let's go. My top six teams across the National Football League. Let's get busy, man. I've been waiting to do this. We skipped out on it last week. The number one team in Nell's Super Six Pack, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't see one weakness in this roster. The quarterback, Jalen Hurts, playing at an MVP level. And look, they, in my opinion, have a real and legitimate shot at finishing the season undefeated. They do. Defense, they're balling. Offensively, it's a tough group to stop. And right now, when you've got it going on the way that they do on the offensive side of the football and you're as efficient as they are, you're never going to lose. You're never going to lose. They have a real shot, looking at the remainder of their schedule, at finishing the year undefeated. My number two team, and they super six-pack, Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, number 15, once again, is on a tear. And as I was watching Sunday Night Football, man, I was like, oh, is this going to be the week? Are they going to drop out an L Super Six Pack? No. They survived a scare Sunday night against Tennessee. And this is why. I know I said Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP level, but make no mistake about it. Patrick Mahomes. If the season ended right now, Patrick Mahomes is your 2022 MVP. And here's why. Mike, did you see this? Sunday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes threw the football 68 times. There's no way you thought they were going to win that game. No, absolutely not. He was, I mean, they, they do that every now and then. He'll, they'll have him spin it across the pitch like 60-plus times, which is insane. I mean, his arm is probably sore for weeks after I was about that. to say, yeah. And you know, Mike, he, there's no quarterback better suited to do so. This is the thing that caught me off guard. When you look at the numbers holistically from Sunday Night Football, Mahomes throws for 446 yards, and this is where he got me, Eminem. 63 yards rushing as well? He can he he accounted for 500 yards of total offense by himself. He's a sneaky little runner. People forget that he can actually run when needed. He can he can run. And the thing that we love about Patrick Mahomes is the thing that the crazy fans here in Washington love about Heineke. But Mahomes is the best at it. The off schedule plays that he made in that football game. We all were worried about the offensive production that this group was going to have because Tyreek Hill was lost to Miami. Insert. Juju Smith-Schuster, who had his coming out party on Sunday night. Patty Mahomes, currently leading the NFL in touchdowns and yards. That's why they're my number two team in Nell's Super Six Pack. My third team in Nell's Super Six Pack. My six best teams in the National Football League. None other than the Buffalo Bills. Yes, they suffered their second loss of the season against the Jets. Josh Allen looked human for four quarters. 18-34, 205 yards, two picks. And he was sacked five times. I have concerns about this Bills offensive line. And Josh Allen, don't look now, folks. There's a dent in his armor. He's got a turnover issue. When you throw two interceptions in a big-time game and you lead the league in interceptions, you're dropping my super six-pack. The silver lining is, though, this defense is still legit. Von Miller getting after the quarterback. Greg Rosu getting after the quarterback. And guess what? Davius White has been activated off PUP. You add him to that secondary. The reason why we all love the Bills this offseason is our sexy pick for the Super Bowl. We knew the offense was legit, but when you add Von Miller to that championship-level offense, it's scary. 
My fourth team, Manel's Super Six Pack, another AFC squad, the Miami Dolphins. I was not a believer early on in the season in that group's ability. I wasn't a believer of Tua Tagovailoa. I didn't know if Mike McDaniel would be up to the challenge of being a first-time head coach and play caller. They've knocked it out of the park. They are undefeated when Tua Tagovailoa starts and finishes the football game. Not enough adjectives to describe this offense. Electric is what I'll go with. Tyreek Hill right now on pace to break Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving record. I mean, I love the moves that they made at the deadline. The pass rush duo that you now have of Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, is going to end up as one of the best duos in all the National Football League. The Miami Dolphins, before the season is over, they might end up in the number one spot in their Super Six Pack. Because right now, the way that they're playing and how electric they are offensively, I see no signs of this group slowing down. The fifth team in Nell's Super Six Pack. We're getting toward the bottom here. I'll recap before you here before we give you number five. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's clear they're the best team in football. They're undefeated. Patty Mahomes playing at an MVP level has got the Chiefs as the second best team. My third best team, I told you, is the Buffalo Bills. I believe in this defense, and I think Josh Allen will get back to form as the season progresses. And Miami, right now at number four, this offense is legit. You've got the chance to have 2,000-yard receivers and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. My fifth best team in Nell's Super Six Pack, the Dallas Cowboys. Don't crush me, Commanders fans. Don't crush me. But Dallas defensively, that group is arguably the best in all the National Football League. This isn't up for debate. Right now, as we sit here on November 9th, about to enter week 10 of the National Football League season, Micah Parsons, the most impactful defender in all of football. I don't care about Jalen Ramsey. I don't care about Aaron Donald. I care about a guy who's impacting winning, and that is Micah Parsons. I think the Dallas Cowboys are legit. Rumor has it, rumor has it that they're one of the front runners also to land the services of free agent wideout Odell Beckham Jr. If they can stick to the running game and let Dak be a glorified game manager and keep the same philosophy offensively that you had when Cooper Rush was the guy, man, they can go places. The Cowboys far and away, in my opinion, the biggest threat to Philadelphia in the NFC. That's why they're my fifth team in Nell's Super Six Pack. My sixth and final team in Nell's Super Six Pack, this is going to get interesting, and here's why. I ended up going with one singular team, but there can be a case made for four different squads, five different squads. And I'll tell you who didn't make the cut before I tell you my sixth and final team. The Baltimore Ravens. I was going to put them as my sixth and final team in no Super Six Pack, but I just don't know if they can overcome the lack of offensive personnel. Rashad Bateman lost for the season. Deshaun Jackson gets activated on Monday Night Football, pops a hammy in his first action. The Jets were another team that I looked at here, and I said, man, maybe they, after knocking off Buffalo, are good enough to crack Nell's Super Six Pack. It's a tough list to make, ladies and gentlemen, A-listers only. But they don't have it figured out at the game's most important position, man. I love what they got going on defense. Quentin Williams playing like the top five overall pick that he was, doing the damn thing. But offensively, man, I just can't get on board with Zach Wilson. If it had to do with entertaining people's mothers, Zach Wilson would be my guy. I can't get with it, though. The Titans, I thought might be my sixth and final team in those Super Six Pack. Derrick Henry running the hell out of the football. Mike Vrabel's team always tough as nails, badasses. They have an identity, and they stick with it. But quarterback, 
That's the reason that they lose me. It's the quarterback spot. I don't believe in Tannehill. We obviously saw Sunday night Malik Willis is far from being ready. But no, the Titans didn't make the crack either. What about the Vikings? They're 7-1 and one after beating Washington. Washington, though, I felt like showed the big weaknesses that the Minnesota Vikings have. That offensive line, eh, not the best group in the world. And then defensively, edge rusher, they got it going on. Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith, one of the most formidable pass rush duos in all the sport. But I just think when it comes down to it, can they get stops when it really matters? I don't think so. And then the Seahawks. Geno Smith right now is playing as good as any quarterback in all the sport. Kenneth Walker III, best rookie running back right now in the NFL. It's not close. They're creating explosive plays in the passing game with Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. Defensively, they're getting after it. Kobe Bryant, Sauce Gardner's running mate at Cincinnati, getting it done. Tariq Woolen, the freak that set the combine on fire, getting it done. But right now, though, man, the Seahawks, they don't got it going on because of the quarterback position. My sixth and final team in Nell's Super Six Pack. Joey Beansborough and the Cincinnati Bengals. And here's why. The big difference between the other five teams I just mentioned and Cincinnati, it's been the talking point and the theme of this entire show. They've got it figured out at the game's most important position. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan because it was really down to me between Baltimore and Cincinnati as to who was going to be the sixth and final team in my Super Six Pack. But Joey Beansborough, man, what he's doing right now without Jamar Chase, the performance that they put on Sunday against Carolina, you got to recognize it, man. Defensively, Trey Hendrickson getting after the quarterback and an elite level. They're top 10, top 12 in every major defensive statistical category. They're getting it done on both sides of the football. When Jamar Chase comes back, man, don't be surprised if for the back half of this season, the Cincinnati Bengals go on a miraculous type run. I don't even want to call it miraculous. Go on a super type run and prove to teams why they won the AFC last year. The Cincinnati Bengals round out my super six pack. I'll give it for you one more time from the top. The Eagles at the number one spot. The Chiefs at the number two spot. The Bills at the third spot. Miami in the fourth spot. The Dallas Cowboys in the fifth spot. And rounding it out, Joey Beansboro in the Cincinnati Bengals. We've got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get Doug Farrar to join us. He is a writer for USA Today's Touchdown Wire. The reason we're having my man Dougie Fresh join the program this afternoon, he was a big Sam Howell guy coming out of the University of North Carolina. For the remainder of the 2 o'clock hour, we're talking quarterback here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Doug Farrar is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.